This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm doing good. I'm a little tired, though, from this weekend. Our uh, P2E watch party for the 2018 Boston Marathon got you know, a little out of control. We were chugging beers, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, I'm feeling from this weekend. But I, I was thinking this whole quarantine thing has me partying harder than I have in like years because I end up on zoom calls with like college buddies and you know friends from the past and you know we're all having a good time playing games and it's like it's all of a sudden I'm like I'm in college again I can't handle this anymore (laughs) well we'll get into the to the p2e watch party in a second because it was it was a great time and as always at the house of sav we got Trent Fontanella Trent how you doing gentlemen I am doing well I'm doing doing really really good tonight and that's because we got on the pod a little bit earlier we had our interview that that's coming up but we met at about 4:45. usually i'm at the office right it's hard to sneak away for a pod but with the work from home lifestyle i'm able to crack that you know big beautiful beer a little bit earlier sit back relax i still see me it's raining out but it's not dark out when i look outside my podcast studio so uh life is good i like these early podcasts yeah no this is great this is great um, Mike talked a little bit about it in his intro, but we had a hell of a time at our P2E watch party on Saturday night. So we threw out the invite. We asked people if we watched the 2018 Boston Marathon, would you be interested in joining us? So a couple people reached out, said they wanted to to do it. So we sent out the the invites, everybody that responded. We had about we had over I think close to 60 people join us, which was awesome. So we watched the we watched the the 2018 Boston Marathon, had a couple beverages. It was a great time. And the 2018 Boston Marathon, and the reason why we did it, is one of my favorite races of all time. You got Desi, you know, with her unbelievable win in the rain. You got Yuki Kawauchi with the most historic, like, heroic, you know, comeback, you know, and finished. It was just a, it's just an awesome race. And I, you know, had really no idea what to expect going into the watch party, Steve. But it was awesome. I mean, it ended up just being like, a cool group of people who all just wanted to hang out, watch a little bit running, drink a couple of beers, and we had a blast. We ended up on the Zoom for like three and a half hours. We had, uh, you know, Lewis Kent join us, and we watched his beer mile, and people were challenging him to, you know, chug off. So, I mean, it was it was a great time. It was definitely did not go as expected, but I mean, I think we got to do it again because we got a lot of good feedback. I had a it was one of my like you know most fun nights of quarantine so far. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's something we got to keep doing. Yeah, shout out to Jake Champagne. So once the once the uh, the Boston Marathon was over, we were kind of just, you know, having a couple beers, hanging out, talking. He's like, hey, let's watch uh, Lewis's, you know, uh, World Beer Mile Classic Championship. So that sounds like a good idea. But why don't we try to get him on the stream? So Mike reached out to, to him, and Lewis is the man, right? So he's just like, yeah, absolutely. He came on. And so as we're about to hit play, everybody's like, oh, I want to chug with them. And so we all chugged with them on the first beer, watched, watched the race. It was awesome. It was great. And then, and then a couple people on the stream wanted to challenge him to a chug off. And, you know, I think Lewis dominated. But it was, it was, it was a good time. I don't know if anybody had the foresight to get some, some screenshots during that. But, you know, we had, whatever, a 30-person uh, chug off with Lewis Kent, who just came on <laughs> out of the blue like that. That's a very memorable P2E, early, uh, P2E moment right there. Yeah. And, and you know what? This is going to be one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done because this is a straight throwback episode. So when we first started, you know, we you know, we were fascinated by the beer mile. So we had a, a bunch of beer milers on and we talked about it a lot. We kind of threw some plans out there to make a beer mile temp, which I still think that we're going to we're going to try to do as a podcast at one point. But we. At, you know, we had Lewis Kent on, on on Saturday night for our live stream. We have the world record holder, Corey Bellamore, on the podcast later for a full interview. And we had a check-in with our guy, Chris Robertson, who's the American record holder in the beer mile for, you know, we, I don't want to spoil it, but he's attempting something pretty great right now. Um, but other than that, guys, you know, um, you know, why don't we check in with the running news? 
Steve, so let me uh, hold on. Let me break out my news notebook here. Yeah, it looks like we got um, we got nothing, Steve. So that's the running news. All right. Well, why don't we kick off our interview with world record holder in the beer mile, multiple time world beer mile classic champion, and one of Canada's top mid distance runners, Corey Bell. We have a special guest for you today. He's not only one of Canada's top mid-distance runner, but he is three-time champion of the World Beer Mile Classic and the world record holder in the Beer Mile. Corey Bellamore, welcome to Peak Too Early. Hey, thanks for having me, boys. So, Corey, you are you are like the Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky of your sport. How does that feel? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I think you're piping me up a little too much, but not, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a good conversation starter if people want to like hear something interesting about uh, me instead of just like running stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's a fun, I guess, accolade to have. Now, is so, it to, is it just an accolade to have, or, or you know, like you said, something interesting, or, or do people ever like come up and recognize you? How often do people, you know, spot the the world record in the streets and recognize you? Uh. Actually, like in my hometown, it it got like a lot of newspaper press, and then uh, TSN, which is like the equivalent of like ESPN in in Canada, they did like a documentary on it. So a lot of people watched that. It was like a 12 minute documentary. A lot of people watched that, and then um, recognized me from that. So it's it's not too too many people, but uh, the people that do recognize me, it's mostly from that documentary. I'm kind of shocked Canada has their own sports network. I would have thought they just roll with ESPN, but uh, good for Canada with TSN. Yeah, because we got to support our, our Toronto Blue Jays, you know, our Maple Leafs, our, our Toronto Raptors. Right. So the U.S. Uh, channels don't really like support them too too much. So, so don't get me wrong, I'm definitely going to ask you a beer mile question after this. But does it ever piss you off when like people focus on you like as a beer miler instead of like you know you're a badass mid distance runner like one of the top guys in Canada? Does it ever bother you that like you are known as the beer mile guy? Uh, a little bit, but I I did it to myself ultimately. So yeah. I mean I've always I've always focused on track. It's just like one off season we're like let's just try this, let's see what happens, and then we tried it, saw what happened. It's not like I trained for anything. It's just like it was something I thought I could be good at. And then I did it, broke the world record, and then all of a sudden I'm known as, like, I'm the beer miler now all of a sudden. So, like, I'm, like, this frat boy, this partier, this, you know? <laughs> it, it's different, but uh, I don't know. It, it's all fun and games, I guess. The thing is, though, like, it's, like you said, you did it to yourself, and it's, like, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to live that down because I don't see that ever being broke. I mean, you got... So, I mean, first of all, this is kind of BS, but you got DQ'd in the last world championship, but you dropped like a 424 or something. Ago. Oh, yeah. Okay, so t- and uh, and that was, that like like maybe yeah maybe that like took like a second off your time. But how fast do you actually think you can you can do it if you have like a perfect day? Uh, perfect day probably like 420 low. If my like laps, if I was like really fit going in and then like Jesus. my chugs were perfect, probably yeah 420 low. I'd say it's like I don't think you'd go any faster than that. Um, yeah. I mean, we can joke around. We can joke around about it and kind of say like, "Oh, you did it to yourself," and you know, you you kind of want to be known more as a as a professional runner um, because you're you know outside of the beer mile world, you're an amazing runner. But to do something like that is is an unbelievable athletic accomplishment. I mean, to to do to chug a beer and run a 62 400. I mean, most people can't run a 62 400. That's that's unbelievable when you really break it down and think about it. Yeah, I think I think that's when you start realizing like it, it's actually like a pretty incredible achievement. Like regardless, even if there's drinking involved, like uh, the it's like four times 400 essentially. It's like a four times 400 workout with 10 seconds rest, but that rest is you chugging a 355 <laughs> milliliter bottle of alcohol that's fi- at least five percent. So it's crazy. And those laps, yeah, in the race, they're all like at least 60 or, or just around there. So it's it's yeah. When you break it down like that, it's definitely a little more, uh, a little more interesting. And you said you didn't train for it when you got going. So did that mean you were just an awesome chugger, just for the hell of being an awesome chugger before it? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. My day, my days growing up, like doing sports, 
if I was thirsty, it was like, let's get this like liquid, this Gatorade, whatever. Let's get it in, in as quick as I can. So I just like learned to chug from from doing that as young at a young age, and then um, I guess older as as I went to more parties and stuff like that, I learned I could do it with a different type of <laughs> beverage too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Has uh, has quarantine been better for your running training or for your beer drinking training? Um, a bit of both. I, I think like yeah, yeah. <laughs> more or less. I've just like it's been like work hard, play hard sort of thing. So like get the hard training I I do every day, get it in and enjoy it. And then at the end of the night, if I want to relax and have a beer or two, then I can kick my feet up and not really think too too bad about it or anything. Like I don't feel guilty right now. It's a time where it's like there's so much stuff going on that it's like, it's almost good to just chill out, you know, for sure. So now where's your mindset at? Because I mean, we're, we're in a really tough time. We're in a pandemic. It's a, it's a world crisis right now, but if everything went according to plan, I mean, you would have been a very strong contender for team Canada in the Olympics and to kind of have something like this taken away this summer, or at least pushed to to next summer. How are you kind of dealing with that? Uh, like, I don't know if you guys know of a, a guy named Lionel Sanders. He's like a triathlete. He's a world-class triathlete. He's Canadian. He lives in Windsor as well. Uh, so I've done a lot of training with him, and he always taught me, like, you know, there's nothing like a little adversity to, to test you. So I think this is no different. It's like the best athletes are going to survive, uh, the strong survive, you know. And at the end of the day, yeah, there's so much, so much bigger things going on that, like, this is minuscule compared to, to all the other stuff um but yeah i don't know this summer would have been good i I was getting in some really good fitness and stuff like that and i think i would have been prepared to put forth a fast time leading into trials and then i think trials would have would have gone well but i think another year gives me time to be mentally stronger and even more fit so i'm excited so i noticed on your uh instagram you've been screwing around playing a little bit of golf working on your golf game if you weren't that's a brutal shot by the way that was a brutal (laughs) shot (laughs) i hammered that one anyways yeah i know if there wasn't uh something to stop that you were gonna put that thing about 30 yards past the cup but oh yeah so if you weren't a distance runner and you had to be another professional athlete what sport would you be playing basketball 100 percent. basketball okay That was my first sport, but I was short back when I played, and now I'm like a decent height. I'd be like a point guard in the NBA now, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Basketball was my first sport I ever loved. I used to go to Pistons games. like It was only like a 30-minute drive across the border for me, so I used to go like five or six games a year, and that was like the first sport I truly loved and like started taking seriously. How tall are you now? Uh, 6'3". Yeah, because you watch the beer mile, and you're clearly, like, the biggest competitor out there, so I don't know if that has any advantages, right? Like, the beer sits differently in the stomach when you're trying to run around, but it seems like you have an advantage over the short guys. That's what they say. They say I, I might have a bigger stomach to, to be able to hold the content, so I don't know. <laughs> Who's your favorite a... Canadian basketball player? I feel like team like Canada's taking over the NBA. Uh, actually, uh, he was, like, my first grade school friend uh, when I moved out to Tecumseh, where I live now. Uh, he just got signed actually right before uh, the lockdown. Uh, his name's Michael Mulder, and he just got signed to the Golden State Warriors. So he's he's got to be my favorite childhood friend. So. So are you like a between the Raptors now the Warriors, and you're talking about the Pistons. Like where does your loyalties lie at this point? Oh man. So I I've been a <laughs> diehard like Pistons fan, but they've gone through a couple slump years. So it's it's so really yet. really really <laughs> difficult to be a fan when they're not doing too well it really tests you as a, as a fan but I think like growing up I've always like supported the Raptors too so I sort of jumped ship especially last year when they started doing really well <laughs> but yeah first and foremost I was always a Pistons fan where do you think you rank among professional track athletes in terms of your basketball skill like would you be so say they took say they took like you know team Canada right like the whole team Canada. Are you making the start in five if they uh, if they put together a basketball team? Oh man, I might be sixth man of the year. I'd be a bench player. It's a good spot to be. You could put me in, and, and I'd hustle for those minutes that I'm in, and then you put me out. It's just like if they need any energy off the bench, I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about if you just went with distance runners, right? Because if we take out the rest of the 
the that, you know, track world, the more athletic folk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think there I'd be I'd be a starter for sure. I'd probably be a small forward to be honest. <laughs> what about Trent, Trent was alluding to it earlier, but I see you know we see you on the track and you know you look like twice the size of some of these guys you're lined up next to. Where would you stand in a Team Canada bench press contest? Only 800 meters and above. Bench press? <laughs> uh. I think I'd hold my own, man. I, th- I think I'd yeah, be like, I think so top percentage. Absolutely. Would we, you, we've would seen the Instagram without the shirts. I mean, you look ripped, man. <laughs> I think I think it all come down to like if we did like a, a MMA match with like all Ooh. the distance runners, I think I could hold my own pretty well there. Yeah. <laughs> so were you a total outcast growing be... up? Where's the hockey? I mean, we're talking basketball. We're talking MMA. I mean, where, where's the hockey in you? I always appreciate hockey. Like all my friends growing up were hockey players, but I think like I was I, I'm a twin too, so and I have an older sister, so it's just like for my parents to afford hockey on top of that, and they knew if they put me in, they'd have to put my brother in. It was just like really expensive, so I didn't do any organized sports until uh, I was basically like 12 years old, uh, and that's when I chose like I want to do basketball. My parents never like ever ever put me in like little league soccer or anything like that. It was like when I was old enough to say, like, I want to do the sport, that's when they put me in it. So how did you make your way to running from basketball? Uh, I did I did running first, but I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't do a team or anything. Um, but the same year, actually, I joined – I, I started playing travel basketball. That's when I joined a track club, too. Um, and then I stopped playing basketball in high school. It was basically, like, in the winter, you either do basketball or – you, or you run, or you pick another sport. So I, I chose to do swimming, actually, in high school. So I, I didn't run at all throughout the winters. I just swam for from October till March, five months of just pure swimming. I mean, you're smart. I can't imagine any Canadian you know, high school-age kid enjoys doing indoor track during the winter. I mean, when <laughs> indoor track is bad enough in America where it's a little less cold and a little less snowy, but to have to go out and slug runs in the winter like that, just you'd have to be a crazy person. Yeah, my high school coach, like, he, he had the mentality. He's like, do you want to be good now in high school and not so good later, or do you want to be decent now but really good later? And I always wanted to be, like, really good later. Like, that was my biggest goal, just make teams in the future. And uh, so his advice was, like, do swimming. It'll, it'll only benefit you. It'll take the load off, but you'll still be, like, really fit from it, and you'll still get a lot of benefits. So I just listened to his advice, and, like, swimming was honestly the best thing for me. I was going to say, just, it's, all about, it's all about cross-training. It's getting the swim in. It, it's chugging your Gatorade in between, you know, whatever. That's, that's how you become a world-class athlete. I guess so yeah I don't know I think swimming too is it's good now because if I have to take like a week off running or whatnot then like I can go in the pool for a week and maintain the same fitness and know what kind of work workouts to do uh, so it's just good to have that in my back pocket so I, I don't know if I'm uh, you know kind of going off what Trent was saying there I don't know if I'm buying the fact that you became a world-class you know the greatest beer miler of all time by chugging Gatorade so what is your number one favorite drinking game uh, I mean, the classic drinking game everyone loves is beer pong. That's how you like. Yeah, just the classic. That, yeah, that's like the go-to. Um, I don't know. If, have you played King's Cup ever? Of course. Yeah. Yes. King's Cup. That's <laughs> a good one. Um, what else? I forget that game. You go in a circle, and everyone has a number, and then every time you get it fully around, one of the numbers will have like a certain rule to it. Have you guys ever played that? I don't think I've played that one. And then every time you every time you mess up, you have to drink, and like so it's it'll be like instead of saying three this time, the person has to say like or switch direction or something. So, or three could be like instead of saying three every time, you have to say eight. So it's like one, two, three. Instead of saying three, you say eight, and then it goes to four. So you have to pay attention. Yeah, I don't know. That game is pretty fun too. That's a lot of thinking, man. Oh, it makes you think too. Yeah, big time. So now the the goal right now you you got your mind you know set on the the Olympics and you kind of want to make that team but can we ever expect a return to the beer mile and what, another shot at the world record? Um, yeah, I mean like if someone wanted, go. if if someone wanted to challenge me and make it a big thing and like I don't know do something with it, I'd be I'd be all game for that. But like right now, just for me to go to a track and just like 
go after one. I, I don't have any ambition to do that. But if there's like some big race, like, I don't know, the World Classic goes on every year and stuff like that, or, or if there's like a big money race or something, I'd be all game for that. I don't think there's anybody in the world that can challenge you. I mean, you're you're in a league all your lo- all your own. You're gonna just have to, you know, fight against history, fight against your your record. Because I don't know if there's anybody on the planet that can that can contend with your world record. Believe or it or not, though, there's, there's a lot of rec runners that think they could challenge me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah, I guess so. But once you start talking, you know, 4:30 below 4:30, and people start doing the math in their head, I think they're like, oh no, there's there's not a chance. But like, I think I think when people see around five minutes. They can kind of wrap their head around it, even though they have no shot. But that seems a little bit more manageable to them. Once it's once it's times where it's like they have no shot of doing it, even without the beer, that's when they're like, I'm out. It's, you know, give this guy his credit. There's no way I could do it. I think I'd even go as far as saying, like, I would challenge someone, like a, a duo team. One guy was a designated drinker. The other guy was a designated oh, person in the corner. I think I could contest a team that would do that. Absolutely. I love that idea. Yeah. So what we need we to should... do is we need to we need to expand we need to expand the World Beer Mile Classic to to throw in a couple other events. That'd be cool, yeah. Because even when I did that that one at the halftime of a soccer game, they had like mm-hmm. a guy that just went off at like four thirty mile pace, just to show like what an average. I don't know, like he, he's a pretty decent miler. He could obviously go faster than that, but it was just to show like the crowd, like an average person just doing like a hard mile. Yeah, that's crazy. Have you ever done more than one beer mile in a day? No, but I've done like a four by four after. Usually at these oh, world okay. classics, I have like a four by four, like I don't know, five minutes after. But that one actually hurts. Like I think the four by four after having four beers in your in your stomach already and then sprinting a four hundred, like it's not fun. No big deal. I gave the it's same brag to Lewis. But... <laughs> no, no big deal. I gave the same brag to Lewis Kent, but uh, I did three in one day. No big deal. Did you? you? Know. I'm not like a I'm not like a superstar or anything like that. Like I'm not like I'm not trying to claim that I'm you know any kind of superhero, but yeah, I mean it happens. Back to back to back or morning, lunch, dinner? Uh it was uh <laughs> it was at my bachelor party, so it was periodically throughout the day, yeah. I just kept getting a little drunker and people kept talking me into doing dumb things, so it yeah. it happened. I and the part that I you know left out is like I don't think any of them were faster than like you know 12 to 15 minutes. So I, I'd say that's average. Though. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> It'd be one of those things we'd look outside and be like, "Geez, who challenged Mike to another beer mile? What are you doing?" <laughs> He'd just be running around the house. That's hey. hilarious. Oh man, hey, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a it's been a long time coming. We've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while. I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. Um, but we end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, down the home stretch, we're gonna rapid fire questions at you. Your topic is twins, being a twin yourself. So right. Trent's gonna hit us with the first question. Let's do it. All right, how fast can your twin run a beer mile? Oh, 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a telepathic connection with your twin? Sometimes. Absolutely, Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. This is a two-part question. Are you identical twins? Fraternal. Uh, 12 minutes apart. Do you, do you wish you were identical? Yeah, man. That'd be unreal. Uh, you could do some <laughs> of my exams. I could do some of, his, or some of his races. Yeah, it'd be crazy. <laughs> All right. When, when watching Full House, can you tell which Olsen twin is playing Michelle? <laughs> And that 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 show brings me back. <laughs> I don't know. I I can't even answer that question. <laughs> I don't know if twins had some special ability to pick them out. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'd say yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite major league baseball team? Uh, Detroit Tigers. Ah, it's not the Twins. No, nah, man. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that that was uh, quite quite the stretch there. All right, who's the who's the better looking twin, you or your or your twin? My brother's better looking and he's smarter. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. All you have is drinking <laughs> on him. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, I just learned this. Did you know Mario and Luigi are actually twins? No. Is this Isn't a joke crazy? or is this serious? No, I'm serious. That was yeah. my research. I thought they were cousins or something, <laughs> but damn. All right. They're twin brothers. <laughs> Mike, get him with the last question. Oh, man. A lot of pressure. All right, let's see. Who is your favorite celebrity twins? Damn. Um, 
don't you don't know, have like, I don't know. You guys don't just like talk about this all the time, like talk about other twins and celebrity twins. No, I'm trying to think. <laughs> name, name some celebrity twins for you guys. Got to help me out. Get my blank. Mario brain. and Luigi. Yeah, Mario and Luigi. Uh, <laughs> the the Olsen twins. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you know anyone else or not? No, I think that's just uh, it. I was guys, hoping you would know. <laughs> Those guys from the ESPN show, the 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 cheap seats, those uh, the the comedians there, I forget their names. Oh yeah. Oh, you guys don't have ESPN. You have TSN. We already we already uh, we already covered that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I we're our favorite twins, I guess. We'll, we'll say. Oh, right. there it is. We're not celebrities, <laughs> but we'll go. For the that. Morris twins. One played for the Pistons, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, there we go. Yeah, 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 true. Those are the ones. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're gonna be cheering for you next year. Hey, and we're gonna be cheering for you to make a comeback to the beer mile. I like that those Boston accents, by the way. <laughs> I like your Canadian accent. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Jeez. brother. Appreciate right, your time. Yo, keep enjoying those beers, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's an interview tradition. Nice. Our, uh, <laughs> our running days are long behind us, so we're uh, we're we're in the prime of our drinking uh, career right now. That, that's perfect, man. Run a couple miles, you'll it'll burn enough just to have a few beers. We that's did that's a, my uh... sole motivation for getting out the door these days. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> we did an indoor um, Zoom beer mile the other day, and uh, the drinking went better than the running. Actually, None I, I went, watched that. That was crazy. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. next time you want to get in on it, let us know. We might have to do a, a rematch soon. All right, that interview with Corey was brought to you by Bell Lap Track Gear, where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes. Support the sport you love with the help of the Bell Lap boys. Look good, feel good, run good, and, uh, Guys, as a reminder, Bell App is hooking us up right now. We're doing a kind of a promotion with them where if you slide into our reviews right now, our iTunes review, leave a review on iTunes and take a screenshot and DM it to the guys over at Bell App, you're going to be entered for a chance to win some free gear. We got some some pretty good submissions already, but get yours in there so you have a chance to win. And like I said, even if you've already put in a review Find somebody else who can do the review for them. Take their screenshot and send it to Bell. I mean, it's not that difficult. You could submit three reviews if you want. I don't care. Put them in there and get your gear. Uh, they got pretty sweet stuff over there. And like we said a hundred times, everything that they're doing over there is going back to the athletes. They're trying to help grow this sport and give athletes in this sport a chance. So do your part like they're doing their part. Yeah, and if you haven't, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we interviewed Chief from Bell Lab uh, from uh, bell lap about you know what he's doing and why he did it um so so go listen to that and i think you'll be inspired to, to go check it out because it's a really cool page with stuff that you can't you can't get anywhere else you can only get it from bell lap um so definitely check it out so guys this was uh this week would have been the boston marathon and it definitely feels weird not having the boston marathon but i will say that it definitely kind of brought back a little bit of nostalgia for me just because you know, we really kind of kicked off this podcast. I mean, we've been going for a little bit over a year, but, you know, Boston Marathon 2019 was kind of really our coming out party last year. And it was big for the podcast, you know? Yeah, Saturday was um, a wonderful evening with the fans and everyone, all the listeners. We were, we were watching Boston. Uh, but then as we got to, to Sunday and Monday, I kind of got a little, like I said, a little nostalgic, but a little, a little sad about it, right? Because um, it was fun to relive the moments from a couple of years ago and think about last year, but the reality of the marathon not happening on Marathon Monday, and I know, you know, hopefully we'll get this happening in the fall, but, you know, who knows at that point, but the reality of it not happening on Monday really sank in um, yesterday, really, for the first time, and it was it was a tough, it was a tough pill to swallow, it was a tough day for Boston. To- totally agree. I did make the most out of it, though, you know, working from home. And, you know, being able to sit on my couch and do my work on my computer, I had the the Olympic channel was rerunning old Bostons all day long. So I literally watched like full four full Boston marathons yesterday. It was pretty wild. And a lot of stuff that like, you know, they all kind of blend together at a certain point. So it was kind of cool to go back and see something like, oh, I remember that guy. I remember that happened. So I did do all that. 
And it it does beg the question, Trent, and I think you kind of alluded to it there. It's like, so, you know, there is a date for this in September. How confident do you feel that we're going to have this in September? And what does it look like if the Boston Marathon just doesn't happen? My confidence is very low. Yeah, me too. My confidence is lower. Dude, if I if I had a, a Boston Marathon bib right now, I feel like I I think I might just you know start planning for a different race, start training because it's like at this point you're pretty not confident that you're gonna be running this race, and then what are you gonna do? Just keep training like you normally would, keep putting in the work and like do that same cycle that you just went through just to get the race canceled again? Like I don't know what I would do if I was in those shoes. So Chicago is supposed to happen in October this year, and I was going to run to uh, Chicago. got the email today saying, you know, we're still going to try and plan like this is happening, but anybody that wants to postpone their entry till 2021 can do so. You know, normally once you sign up for these things, it's locked in stone. You can't get any kind of your money back for, for anything. Um, but they're not giving people the option as a way to me of trying to, uh, you know, encourage you to push it back and also maybe uh, starting to wave the white flag a little bit. I just think, sadly, that running is the last, you know, big racing events are going to be some of the last things to come back because you're taking people from all across the country, all across the world, yeah. bring them to one spot, and then they're going to be sweating all over each other, you know, in a corral running across the city. So I uh, I sadly am very, very skeptical about, um, you know, Boston happening this year. So Trent, the fact that you got an uh, email from Chicago asking if they wanted to push back to to uh, 2021 is very scary. I mean, that means to me they're already they're trying to plan ahead and not have people get pissed and freak out. So they're trying to kind of prep people for pushing it back and canceling the race. Um, the fact that 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 email is going out just says yeah. a lot about where we're going to be this fall. And not to keep bringing the bad news, we kind of talked about it last last week but you know more people are coming out skeptical that the olympics are going to happen too which are Ugh, even further God. i mean it is it's it is crazy but you're totally right and it's like i don't think track and field i don't think these big races are going to be the the ones to take the stand right like we are not going to be the first sport to come back and we're not going to be the first one to come back in a big way so it's like who knows who it's insane it's insane and Ooh. i feel like we're, we've tried to stay away from it for a while now, but like Boston was the first real kicker for me where it was like, oh man, this really, this one, this one hurt. This one, this one hit home, literally hit home. So Mike, you got, you got me thinking right now. So I think one of the, the, the great things about our sport, which is going to be ultimately what holds our sport back the most compared to other sports, that it is truly our, our participation based sport. You know, when you line up, you know, on the starting line of Chicago Marathon, Boston Marathon, all these, all, any any major marathon, you're lining up on the st- same starting line as the best in the world. And that's one of the beautiful things about our sport. But it begs the question, like, is the sport going to kind of evolve? Is Are we going to see events where it's elites only? You know what I mean? So instead of having a, a 30 to 50,000 person race, you turn on NBC one day and you're just going to watch a two and a half hour program where you see the best runners in the world run a marathon, which it don't get me wrong, would would I think overall hurt the sport because you're taking away the participation part, but you're bringing kind of that elite status to a new level and you're show, showcasing the sport in a different way. I, think, I mean, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think that happened right. What? Where they happen in Japan this year? In Japan, right before. Yeah. Um, so, so that definitely could be. Maybe that comes back first, right? And then we see if that is successful or not, and whether they they need to keep going with that or not. But that just, you know, Steve, your wheels rolling, got my wheels rolling over here, and I want to take your idea one step further. What if we start to see some of these, you know, showdowns between the athletes, some of these mono mono head to head matches? Kipchoge Bekele. Why why does that no. have to not happen? Let's get those guys on a track somewhere. Exactly. Pay-per-view, you know, have the hype camps or whatever doing what they need to do to hype it up, set up a track somewhere or a course somewhere. And you have to close roads. There's only two guys. Just get them out there. I mean, that could be some some fire 
some fire TV. Let's go. Let's start making some lemonade here out of lemons. Come on. I, I mean, I'm, I'm done focusing on all the negatives of this convert coronavirus. Let's talk about the potential positives. This could completely shake up the sport, and I love it. I'm fired up. Yeah, Let's I mean, go. Steve, I, I feel like I'm being the uh, the bad guy on the podcast here today, but when has this sport ever proven that it could do – Trent wrote a whole no. blog. By the way, check it out on peaktooearly.com. It's a pretty sweet blog. But Trent wrote a whole blog today about all these great ideas we have to grow the sport, and none of them are ever going to happen. Like this – not. I, like, I, I love the enthusiasm. I love you guys getting fired up. You're getting me fired up. But then it's like I have to take a backseat, and it's like – they're not going to do this shit, which stinks, which stinks. And they're not so going to make the lemonade. We should be the people to do that. So you know what, people? Go buy a T-shirt. Give us a review so we can make a little bit more money. <laughs> and maybe we can start having a little it's bit true. more control. It's so, true. you know, if you want our sport to exist several years from now, then you got to buy a, a, a Stop B2E shirt. Well, the positivity, Steve. Mike, <laughs> you can get off the pod. Right. Sorry, it's just not my day, I guess. <laughs> All right, boys. So let's check in with our boy, Chris Robertson. So we wanted to have him on for uh, a quick check-in because uh, he is embarking this week on one of the challenges that we've talked about in the past. And it is kind of one of those challenges that lives in kind of, you know, distance runner lore. Like everybody who's run a season across country has talked about the, the you know, could you do 100 miles and 100 beers in one week. And now Chris is going about this in a way, and we're going to talk to him in a second, that I never even thought possible. But at the same time, the dude is uh, the American record holder in the beer mile. So he probably has you know, some type of athletic ability that the rest of us don't have. So let's get into our interview with American record holder, World Beer Mile Classic champion, Chris Robertson. Hey, what's, what's going on, guys? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Hanging in there. <laughs> has has uh has our drinking started yet this uh no, this afternoon? Or... No, I'm trying trying to be good during the days and uh still get all my work done and not yeah, start so, drinking until five. So you're still working through this whole thing? Yeah, I am. <laughs> that was so that the craziest fucking part of this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's by far the craziest part. <laughs> I didn't realize that. So you're so yeah. you're you're like doing your job every single day and still doing this. I am. Yep. Still working eight to five. Um, that, it's only possible though because of being able to work at home. Um, because I can still like sneak away to get my runs in, and so I get both my runs done, one at lunch, like, and I'm doing one right after this call, and then I'll just drink heavily after that, basically. Do, so do we, your like coworkers know that this is happening? I mean, no. obviously, it's a, no. I mean, a, a couple do, like the ones I'm like super close with um do but most of them don't know <laughs> or at least they're not saying that they know maybe they do i don't know <laughs> so we, we so, should be clear we're talking at you know five o'clock right now are you you're what central time i'm central time yeah yeah four o'clock the fact that you have inside i mean we've been talking about how to do the, the beer mile you know drinking part of it uh, like we've had the discussion many a time the fact that you haven't started drinking it you just you're just saving that all to the very end of the day to have a bender every night basically yeah <laughs> and, and also too like that was the that was kind of the point of starting on the weekend was just like basically as many as I can physically fit in during the weekend. Um, then that'll just save me from having to have extras during the week. I can go a little bit under pace during uh, these work days, but I am taking I am taking Friday off, so I'll be able to go hard Thursday and also then all day Friday as much as needed. So what's the most amount of beers that you've gotten like after a full work day so far? Uh. 12 12 and so like did, just yeah i'm making sure to stop drinking by 8 p.m like 8 8 8 30 so i'm just going like 5 so, to 8 p.m and that's it what <laughs> so you just hear 12 beers in like a three hour span <laughs> yeah because that's the only way to wake up not super hungover is just to like oh like good at like eight o'clock wherever you're at <laughs> so this i is... thought the, so, so what we thought was the you know the craziest part of this is that you were doing your job throughout this no the craziest part is that you're cramming <laughs> all the drink, drinking into a three-hour span during the day that is wild doing what i gotta do <laughs> wait, a second, is... wait a second follow-up question to that so I, I get I get the fact that you need you want to end by a certain time so you can get a good night's sleep so you're not cripplingly hungover in the morning. But I feel like I feel like drinking twelve beers in in three hours 
does I, I don't know if that has the same effect because you're just as drunk, right? So what if you just added yeah. another hour or two to that and you just kind of space it out, maybe mixed in a couple of waters in there? Don't you think that would be a little bit better? That that very well could be, especially like yesterday I finished my second run and kind of forgot to drink water and just drank all the 12 <laughs> beers without drinking any water. And then right before bed, I was like, oh, shit, I should probably, uh, should probably pile that in. But, yeah, I, that might have been a better strategy. Also, if it didn't sound so terrible, it probably would be easier just to have a sip a couple like throughout the day and just not get drunk off of it, but just to knock a couple out. But uh, it just sounds so bad until I get that second run in and then I kind of have a second win and I'm like, all right, I feel back to normal again. Might as well destroy myself. <laughs> I, I am blown away that, I mean, I have always known that this challenge is like borderline impossible. The way you're doing it is one of the more impressive things I've ever I've ever heard of. This is insane. And you're you're like way ahead of pace, right? You're like halfway I, yeah. down, right? Yeah, I think if I wasn't working, I could for sure do it in six days, maybe five. But five would be tough. But um, yeah, I think I think still working through it is makes maybe makes for a better story anyway. I think I've always like many a college runner, you know, thought about the idea of doing the hundred hundred challenge. But once you start working in my own head, you know, it just goes out the window. There's no chance. So you're just kind of ruining like every excuse I've ever had. Like, oh, I can't find, you know, a time to take a week. So how do you feel just crushing my dreams and so many other other dreams making us feel so bad about ourselves and our ability to do this challenge? No, if anything, I'm just uh, proven that it can be done. So you should just go for it. Why not? Now is a good well, as good of a time as any. So how right. did you get how did you get this approved through you know the home front? How did the how did you talk the wife into this being <laughs> a, an acceptable you know use of your time? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this, it's one of those things like like you said, it's like kind of on every runner's bucket list, I'd say. And so I've known about it since college. Always wanted to do it, and actually never realistically thought I would do it because I didn't want to like waste a week of PTO just to sit at home and be a booze bag. <laughs> I thought that's kind of not a good excuse to do it, but. Uh, yeah, just with being able to work remotely right now and there's no races or anything else is kind of like, I got to do it. And my wife was, yeah, I mean, she she was like, you're really dumb. But at the same time, <laughs> I acknowledge that like that you got to do this because this is your one chance if you're going to try it. So that's it. So she, she's she's on board. She approves. <laughs> so say you get to Saturday, right? And it's looking like you're just going to crush this within the time frame. Are you gonna run up the score at all? Are you gonna are you gonna try to attack on to the to the beers and miles, or are you just done at 100 hundred? I think for sure done at the hundred miles. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'll probably if it's like middle of the day on the last day and I hit it, I'll probably keep on going. Honestly, <laughs> at that point, a few victory laps. Because the other thing is, I did so we I tried to buy like a variety of beer, and some of the beer that I bought was 4.6 uh, percent, just because I wanted to have some variety. Um, so uh, I also bought some Natty Ices, some 6% beer to make up for that. But then too, if I do a few victory laps, then if there's any haters saying like, oh, you had some 4.6% <laughs> beers, then I can silence that too. So may maybe a few um, few victory beers might be required. Oh my goodness. If we're going to hate about, you know, had the ABV just a couple tenths of a percent too low on a Natty Light or something, they need to get off social media, right? They need to go <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah, some people are saying that. Most people are, you know, loving it and supportive. But, you know, there's always haters, especially if it makes it on the Let's Run. That would be bad. Be all Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, there's there's probably some, uh, some you know, drinking, running challenge sticklers out there that are just going to oh, throw yeah. hate for the sake of throwing hate. So. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. I'm also planning to finish my last mile is going to be a beer mile. So the hundredth mile will be a oh, beer. Mile. Not not like for like going for a fast time or anything, but just for the hell of it. I love it. And you are you are crazy. So I've noticed that you're doing like different. I don't want to say like gimmicky, but you're approaching it different ways. I saw one day you did like a power hour. Another day you were like yeah. taking funnels. Do you have that like planned out or is it just kind of every day? <sighs> Every day something new. <laughs> Just winging it. I'm not making decisions based on how I go. I think the power hour works well on the weeknight just because it like forces you to to go fast. But yeah, on the on the days where I can go all day on the afternoons, it's just kind of whatever I'm feeling at any given moment. And I, and I saw you kind of had like a at least one of the days you kind of had a crew with you. Are there people doing it with you or just kind of supporting you with the uh, so, yeah, running and drinking? One uh, one of my college buddies is doing it with me, and then nice. the other people that you saw were just uh, just roommates. So they're just here for moral support, but not not 
doing uh not doing the full thing <laughs> now is he working this whole time too Oh yeah, yep, he is too. Oh, he, his, his job is actually probably more stressful than mine, honestly. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I have an easier week than he does, actually. Is he adhering to the five to eight thirty window for beer drinking? Yeah, we're going, we're going uh, mile for mile, beer for beer. We're we're doing it together. We're sticking together. Wow, I'm thoroughly <laughs> oh, impressed. <laughs> yeah, I want to be I want to be one of your other buddies who isn't actually doing the challenge, but it's just there hanging out, drinking beers, having a good time. That sounds like more fun to me. <laughs> I think they're enjoying it. I hope we're bringing them some entertainment and not too much, uh, not too well, much annoyance. <laughs> I'm enjoying watching it on, on Instagram. So keep it going. Appreciate that. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, especially on Thursday and Friday when I'm not working as much um, and more yeah. focused on the task at hand. I'll, I'll have more updates for you. <laughs> So <laughs> after you accomplish this, what's next? Do you have anything else planned or is, is it just kind of one day Man, at a time right now? I don't know. One day at a time. I guess with no races this year, probably, or at least until the fall, I might try to try to go for just go to the track and do a solo beer mile at some point, see if I can PR. But other than that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If you have any good challenge ideas, let me know and uh, we can maybe throw them on the docket. But maybe maybe no more uh, beer challenges for uh, quite a while. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so we did have so a, a couple episodes we brought up the the, the century week the hundred beers. Oh, I heard you guys talk about. That. Oh yeah. It, yep. And we brought up another challenge that we didn't. We it doesn't have anything to do with running or drinking, but we were just kind of talking about it. Was the the twenty four hours at Waffle House? So that was the other <laughs> one that, that that's kind of. And, and, but I don't know. That's, Tough time to do that, that one. one. That'd be pretty epic, but yeah, that one that one's harder to fit in the schedule probably. <laughs> the, the quarantine life. <laughs> probably work from work from Waffle House and you know log your hours in and <laughs> that would be a reason to stick around there all day just getting in a lot of work so do you think that this you know 100 100 is improving your beer mile abilities or does it have like a negative effect on it I don't even know where to go with that <laughs> probably short-term negative I mean my legs are probably going to be pretty sore at the yeah, end of this yeah, they're surprisingly sure. not bad yet but I'm sure I'll be sore and I'm sure I'll just won't want to take down beer for quite a while but i don't know maybe yeah maybe i can hold more volume now uh and the beer mile will be easier we'll see we'll see how about your your non-beer drinking running related career is the 100 <laughs> mile you would think you know you get this big week if you built up to it properly it should really help you out but i'm not sure if the 100 beers just totally cancels out any of the benefits from getting a good week of running in yeah that's probably fair i'm not really like absorbing any of the training with uh the terrible <laughs> sleep quality and everything so yeah, I don't know, but this will be my first 100 miles week of running in my life. Um, oh my but so far, it's going pretty well, actually. So so what, what was, you know, I was thinking maybe you had, uh, you know, brought yourself up to high mileage so that you'd be ready to go. What was the prep for this? I mean, what was the beer drinking prep and what was the running prep? Uh, the running prep. So I, I was training pretty well this winter and like planning to do some outdoor track and maybe a half marathon this spring. And then that obviously everything got canceled. So then at that point, I actually took a couple down weeks. Um, and I think that was like actually my taper into this. So I actually didn't run a whole lot in the last month, but my legs feel good because of that. I'm kind of tapered up for it. So the strategy was really just, yeah, come into the week fresh and uh, beer drinking didn't change any of my habits. You know, the past just kind of like still just having a few beers once or twice a week, but uh, that's about it. So not any real training, just li a lifetime of training, I'll say that. Just a lifetime of training. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're telling, you're telling all our listeners we can do it next week. <laughs> yeah, so if, if anybody else is inspired to go for it, which I, I do not recommend, I don't condone that no, on this no, podcast. No, we do not condone uh, it on But if you're happen to be inspired to do that, what would you say, like, the, you know, the absolute golden tips, like the the absolute need to know one or two things to, to tell people going into it. Oh man. Um, I would say, I would say take off from work and don't have any obligations. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a <laughs> good thing. a lot better, but yeah, I mean, if you get your good night of sleep and just knock out as many miles as you can early in the day before you drink, I think as long as you can do that, you can be in a pretty good spot. I like it. And, and you feel like you're in a good spot right now. And it sounds like you're super confident to roll through the rest of this thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely in a good spot. I think the hardest, the first two days were the hardest doing the 20 miles of running with the 20 beers. And I think that, I think it's only going to get easier and my body's probably adapting as we speak to that lifestyle. So I think I'll be all right. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So we are we are about the halfway point. So follow Chris on Instagram if you haven't already followed him to to follow him throughout the rest of his uh his century journey through the hundred miles, hundred beers. Thanks for coming on and checking in with us. We're gonna be cheering you on. And you know, once we get back to like, you know, real sports like, you know, a beer mile classic and that sort of thing, then we'll, we gotta have yeah. you back on sometime soon, man. Sounds great. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, no dude. Good luck, it. man. Gentlemen, we've we've grown our brand here, and, and we've talked to some, you know, some big names, right? Some Olympians, some record holders, uh, champions at all different levels. I don't think I had ever been, you know, that thoroughly impressed with the runner's accomplishments than I just <laughs> was on the line with Chris Robertson when he told us that he was working and drinking the beers between five, three and a half hours every night to get it done. I, my, my jaw was hitting the floor. I was so impressed by it. And I, I kind of like fangirled out maybe the most I have out of anyone we've ever spoken to. I had to like keep asking him follow-up questions. Cause I was like, no, no, I'm not, I can't be understanding this right. That, that doesn't sound like you're, he schedules out from 5 PM to 8 PM. And those are like, in those three hours, that's when I drink 12 to 15 beers every night. That's insane. And and I think in other sports, sometimes you can you can watch you watch, I watch so much baseball, football, basketball that at a certain point I kind of reach a point where I, I I don't I'm a fan of sport, but I stop appreciating how impossible what they are, you know what they're doing is, you know, and like I could never dunk a basketball, I could never throw a ball like Tom Brady, you know, hit hit a baseball. But talking to Chris Robinson, we're runners. You know, we've had a couple beers in our day. We can appreciate how insanely impossible what he is doing and the way he's doing it is. Yeah, it's speechless. Absolutely speechless. <laughs> All right. So on that, guys, why don't we kick off the Bell app? Mike, what do you got for people on the Bell app? So first, obviously, shout out to everybody who was on the uh, watch party Zoom this weekend. I hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Uh, and let us know if you guys want to you guys want to do it again. We'll we'll definitely make that happen. But I mean, it, we we talked about it afterwards. We were in a, our little text chain. It was like it was pretty surreal for us because we've we've been doing this for a year now, and to put something on like that and have it be so successful and just to have so much fun with it and see people's enthusiasm coming out to to hang out and and talk track and you know just sit on Zoom for three hours and you know like it like it was like you're hanging out with your buddies. Um, so just shout out to that. That was pretty unbelievable. Um, also, uh, Rob Gronkowski is uh, going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, so the world is burning. That's all. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Screw football. I hope it never comes back. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? I want to echo that sentiment. Screw football. I hope it never comes back. I also want to tell people, head to peaktorelli.com. Check out that blog Mike mentioned earlier. But I'm a blogger now, guys. You know, I, I didn't know I had it in me. It was it was surprising even to myself that I was able to put words, you know, coherently onto a, a paper per se and get that online. So check that out. Uh, we graded some of our, our most half-baked ideas um, that, that get thrown around throughout different pods. So give us a comment. Let me know, um, you know, what do you think of my grades? What do you think of different ideas? What we could do to improve it? I would love some feedback on that. Trento, I was disappointed that treadmill wars didn't make the didn't make the list. So as I think I, I mentioned in the last line of the blog, there was so many ideas on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I can do a round two of this, a round three, a round four. The peak too early boys just have a lot of half baked ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. Um, hey, I've just been you know kind of reading a little bit in my quarantine time, and I uh, I picked Uza. up yeah. Well, I picked up Lewis Kent's book. I kind of oh, I jumped back into that. Lewis. So it was, it was a great read. So, um, you know, if you guys are looking for something to do with your quarantine time, go on Amazon.com and pick up Lewis Kent's book. It's a it's a really fun read. I thought it was going to be just a book about, you know, a, a guy trying to drink really fast and run really fast. But it ended up turning to be a pretty fun and inspirational story. So um, go check that out. Other than that, guys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike. Hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I love my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your nerve tonight. I don't want to lose your love.
Does anyone recall? I think it might have been the week, either the week before, the week after. Yuki set like a world record for half marathon in like a panda suit, something super obscure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I need to find those that records are super easy. You just need to go search Guinness long enough until you find them. <laughs> yeah, one. exactly. Bill Ling, Bill Ling on this on this uh, on this Zoom made an attempt at a uh, the fastest half marathon in a fruit costume. Is he still on? Yeah, he's here. He's muted, yeah, he's though. Still, here. still Link, oh, can you hear us? He just missed it. <laughs> Regardless of how easy it is, though, the fact that, you know, the guy who just won Boston had the interest to put on a panda yeah. costume <laughs> and run the half is preposterous. Should we try and break a world record? Should we try and go for one of those? Uh, as far as I know, I'm still the Corona Extra Beer Mile world record holder. The Corona oh. Extra. <laughs> is it on beermile.com? Yeah, if it's not on beermile.com, it doesn't count. It's, it's on beermile.com, but I haven't checked in a while. So, well, let's make sure. You have to, you have to regain the title. As soon as you are able, woman, I am willing to take the break that we are my cup is on the table Our love is spilling Waiting here for you to take and drink up If you're tired of the same old story Oh, turn some Clapping, felt the desert burn. 